Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to have an encounter with the Word of God as you listen to this message preached by Episcopal Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Sister Joy is a daughter of Bishop Dyke Hewitt Mills and currently pastors the Ideasi branch of the First Love Church, a thriving church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. She's also a Macarius minister under the Dyke Hewitt Mills Ministry Office and travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences taking the books of Bishop Dyke Hewitt Mills to the nations. We believe this message will empower, equip, and give direction for your life. Now listen to Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together powerfully for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for tonight. You have been with us throughout since we started. And you have spoken to us. You have drawn us together. You have drawn our hearts together at the feet of Jesus. We are grateful. Thank you for all that has been done and all those who have worked to bring us to tonight. Father, bless them, O oh God. Whatever they have spent and whatever they have lost, Lord, may it be replenished in Jesus' name. And as we come to this last session, May your word come to pass. Your word which says that better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. You said that the glory of the latter house was going to be greater than that of the former. May it be our experience tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that you will have your way. May I be just a vessel in your hands. Spirit of God, that you turn the place over to you. Have your way in Jesus' name. May our hearts be soft. May our ears be inclined to hear you, O oh God. And at the end of it, may we be strengthened and powered and encouraged, O oh God. May we receive whatever it is that we need to continue. In Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. And then, God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Well, every program, as soon as it is starting, it is finishing. <laughs> Amen. And I just really want to thank all the organizers, really from my heart. I mean, Reverend Ankara, anytime we call him, talk, he's always encouraging. Says, it's going to work. It's going to work. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Reverend Asamami, you have not given us your location, been here to encourage us, opened up things. I mean, we are very encouraged, and we thank you so much. We thank you so much. Thank you for opening your doors, and not only opening your doors, being here. Hallelujah. And to all the pastors in the house, Thank you very much for taking over the, your time and even just helping us to organize. God bless you so much. And for those of you who have attended, I believe that God's eye is on you. And that is why you are here and you have been part. To God indeed be the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. This evening, I want you to put your hands together for my spiritual father, Bishop Dark Hewitt Mills. Amen. I thank God that he answered the call. I thank God. I thank God that he answered the call. Because I know that for myself, I don't know about other people, for myself, I know my life would not have been this way if I had not met him. Amen. I thank God that he was seeking to become more fruitful. When he was praying and asking God, at the time he already had a church that was working. And he said, Lord, how can I be more fruitful? And one night as he slept, that night he saw a hand write it, write it. And the Lord showed him how the churches that Paul 
worked so hard to establish. Today, that land is completely Islamic. Turkey. Completely. There's no sign of the churches. But what he wrote has been, is there. And we read it today. The letters to the Thessalonians. The letters to the Hebrews. Letters to the Romans. Letters to the Ephesians. They were all letters. It's his writings that have been such a blessing to us. And that is why he just picked up courage and began to write. And today, we have the Macarius. Macarius simply means the blessing. Hallelujah. And in it, there's so much. There's so much. And we just want to put our hands together for him. Amen. And amen. After writing the books and putting them together, books don't have legs. (laughs) Books don't have legs. The books can only get to people if somebody carries it there. And you know, it is when you have written a book that you realize that there are very few bookshops in our nation. If you have thought about it. Very, very few. And even the bookshops that are there, many of them are for, you know, exercise books, paper, those kind of things towards the academic. We don't have a lot of bookshops where you can say that you can go in. Christian literature is there and you can go and pick it, you know. Yeah, yeah, stationery you are right, stationery shops. So really, bookshops are very few. And the few that are there are really battling for their lives, you know, to stay open. It is not easy for them at all. And that's why I thank God that our father is an anakazo man. Amen. You know, we've been talking about anakazo. We're going to continue. Somebody who has decided that, let me make a way. Let me make a way for the books to move. And that is what has brought us here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. He has made a way and he has given us a treasure that we can carry around and empowered us to be wherever the door opens. Amen. And so tonight, if you are here, I believe that God is going to bless you. I also am excited, so excited to be here. Last night, we began to speak and to share from this little book. I don't know, but this book is fast becoming our favorite. I mean, it's such a small book. But in the pages of this book, if you will get it, sit by it, read it. You see, there's a term in the Bible. It says you eat it, to eat a book. That means you read until it is it's a part of you. Yeah, you can if we are looking for you, you know, it's inside you. And you will suddenly see that it will give birth to so many things. And last night, we began with the central scripture of, upon which the book is based, Luke chapter 14. And I believe that we just looked at two, chap- two verses, Luke chapter 14. We started with verse 16, and I just want to recap briefly and then move on so that we will be able to finish it tonight. But in Luke 14 verse 16, the Bible says that a certain man made a great supper and bade many. And he said, sent his supper, his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. Are you there? Then <laughs> another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Another one said, I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. (laughs) So the servant came and showed his lord these things. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, 
Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. So that servant came and showed his lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. It is that word compel that is translated anakazu. Hallelujah. And yesterday, I began to share with you from this scripture about how the Bible says a certain man, indicating that it is just anybody. Amen. You know, some stories, there's a name, but this one, it's just anybody. But tonight, as I begin, I just want to draw our minds. Why is this story important to you if you are not a pastor, if you are a Christian, if you are not even a leader? Why is this story important to you? Let me quickly take you to the famous scriptures in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and spoke to them. He was talking to all the church at that time, his disciples. And he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus was saying something. He was saying that, look, those of you who have heard of him should go and invite others. Bring them in. Let them be baptized and let them be taught. And it is the need until you gather people, you will not be able to teach them. And that is why the church has come to be. I one time learned a very interesting thing from a question. It is actually from one of the books over here. And the question was, how come the uh, monkey... Um, race, monkeys, apes, gorillas, how come they have not been able to overcome human beings? Because if it is only strength, they are stronger than we are. And yet, you can have a whole zoo of them with just one man in charge, and that one man will keep them in place. They will not even think about attacking him. Why? And the reason, one of the reasons is that they cannot gather to teach themselves anything. Are you getting me? Uh -huh. If they could gather and they could teach themselves, they would have gathered and said, look, let us come together. When the man comes to feed us, then we jump on him and we attack. But they are not able to do that. So even though there's strength, and you see sometimes there are some of these um, programs on TV, they'll show you how they can learn from human beings. They can imitate us. They can do so many things, but they cannot come together. And that is their greatest weakness. I thank God that he made us with the ability to come together. Amen. And that is what has given rise to churches. That whatever you do out there, it has to end up in the church for a teaching to go on. Hallelujah. But why is it important to you? Look at verse 20. After telling us to go out and to bring in others, then Jesus says, and I am with you always. As you go about your business and you take part in this, what we famously call the Great Commission, the presence of God remains with you. Hallelujah. The presence of God stays with you. The converse, the reverse is also true. 
that when as an individual or as a church, we stop going out there and inviting people in and witnessing and sharing the gospel, often we lose the presence of God. And there are times when you can go to a place and you can see in a particular church or gathering that the presence of God has left. May the presence of God never leave us. In Jesus' name, amen. And so because of that, if this story is important to us, because Luke chapter 14 is a picture of what the master wants in his church. Amen. Are you alive and with me? And yesterday we started talking, I shared with you about how this man made a great supper. And I shared with you that a great supper, first you need to plan it, you need to go and purchase the ingredients, and you need to put them together. In fact, your soup will only be as good as the ingredients that you put inside. If you buy rotten tomatoes, everything else can be good, but the taste of the soup will not be correct because of one ingredient that was not good. And we shared about how these ingredients are like the different things that go into a church and that go into making a church service. Hallelujah. And we shared that when the supper is good, people are drawn to it. And we went into the different areas in the church to see and to ask ourselves questions whether what we are producing is good. Have we just thrown together some song B and come to sing it? Have we just arrived in a certain state? Or are we really diligently doing what we must do so that our supper will be good? And yesterday I spent some time on this. Hallelujah. Then we went on to talk about the fact that the man invited many. And we spoke about how as a leader or a pastor, you also have, you are also required to bring in many. I believe that, uh no, then we ended in verse 17, where we said, apart from the pastor doing his own part, he also sent his servant. He sent somebody to go and tell them, come, everything is ready. And we likened it to people who are in the church who the pastor can, can send. Ask your neighbor, are you one of those the pastor can send? Or are you a dangerous some people even send them, it's very dangerous. Which one are you? And we brought out the fact that some of you will go to town on your own. But as soon as your pastor says, go and do this for me, you say, I need transport money. Hey, there's silence in the church. <laughs> are you there? Yeah, there's silence in the church. Because our hearts, you don't know that what you are doing is fulfilling your own ministry. As you see, somebody is sending you. But as you are doing what you are being, I am sent. I'm not standing here in my own legs. Hey, how can I just get up from somewhere and say I'm coming to recruit? I have been sent. But as I am doing what I've been sent to do, I'm the person being blessed. Or you don't get what I'm trying to say. I, I end up fulfilling something. And you can be sure that it didn't start from behind this pulpit. Yeah. It started by looking after little children. My first church was little children. I used to pray over the little children. Are you there? You are doing Sunday school. Me, I did church with them. I did church. Everything that you do in a church. I prophesied over them. I poured oil over them. I took them for camps. I taught them. We had fun together, but I was their pastor. Are you there? Today, 
that first group, they are 30 years old. Yeah, they are 30 years old. And most of them are established in places. My first group of shepherds were ruffians. Don't tell them I call them ruffians. Today they are very, come on, come on, come on, young men. And to get them to sit down for some teaching after service, I'll have to bribe them in Tamale by the cheapest thing in the afternoon is cocoa. <laughs> and I will just find some coins and count them and then I'll tell them after service we shall drink cocoa. And as they come in, we'll share the cocoa and then I will teach them. As I'm speaking to you today, one of them is the manager of one of the, um, what do you call it? The phone companies. As I'm speaking today, another one is doing his PhD in China. He's a father of four kids. As I speak to you today, I can tell you where they all are. Yeah. Somebody sent me. Can you be sent? Can you be sent? Hey. Are you in the church or you have traveled because I'm asking you questions? Hallelujah. Amen. And that was why this morning we took a pause to talk about how to raise the servants. How to raise those who you will be able to send. Hallelujah. Because it's not everybody you can send. Some people, when you send them, before you are aware, trouble has come in the church. Please ask your neighbor, are you the type who can be sent? Are you the type who can be sent? Hallelujah. I need to say that the churches need more people to work. Amen. Hallelujah. Today, I don't want to go near the shabu players at all. If I go there, I'll deviate from my topic for tonight. But may God bless you with instrumentalists in your church who consider it a ministry and who you don't have to pay. Because of them, churches cannot be built. And please, I won't go there tonight. Let me stay on course. <laughs> oh! It's a very serious matter. Hmm. Today, look, I, I am bent on preaching my message. I won't go there. <laughs> oh, it's very painful. Oh. Hmm. And they won't mind you when you are preaching. Let, look, I, I, let, let's go back. To... <laughs> let's stay with Luke chapter 14. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyway, so this is where we got to. And I shared the fact that when the servant was going, he was told what to say. He was told what to say. In these days of independence, evil independence, if I may call it so, sometimes when people are being told what to say, they get annoyed. They say, ah, am I not called? Can I not go? Please, oh. Even Jesus was telling us that he does what he sees his father do. He told us that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he won't talk on his own. But what he hears is what he will tell us. And you, your pastor is saying something, and you are saying something else. Ah! It's not not the best. Amen. It's not the best. You must say what your father has asked you to say. But don't I have a mind of my own? You see, you are carrying me somewhere I don't plan to go. you have a mind of your own. As I'm standing here preaching, it's my mind that is working. But I'm saying what my father told me to say. 
But you see, after a while, as you are saying what your father told you, what, you, you just flow in the same spirit. Yeah. That's why today, at the end of the service, we were praying Numbers 11, 16 and 17. When, when, when God told Moses, go and get 70 leaders, he didn't just leave them to be operating in any way. He says, bring them to the, to the front of them. And they said, I will take of the spirit that is upon you and place it upon them. It was not another spirit. It was not something else. And it's a very important point because it is one of the reasons why some churches are not doing well. You were sent, but when you sent, you went, you went to do your own thing. Meanwhile, a church is the body of Christ. The different parts of the body do different things. So if the church that sent you let us say, for the purposes of this description, that it was an arm. An arm has what it does. An arm has how it functions. An arm is not a leg. It's not walking on the ground. So as you go to start another church, you are a part of the arm of the body. But you have gone there now and you are doing what feet do, walking on the ground. How can it work? It's the same body, yes. But even the Bible tells us that the members are not just one. Says if everybody was there, was the ear, where would the seeing be? Today deviations are plenty. I won't go there. Never. I'm coming back. But I hope, I hope you are understanding why we are saying that you must be sent, and what you are going to say must be said. Hallelujah. As I've come here, I've not been mandated to move around holding prophetic meetings. Are you with me? It doesn't mean that I don't hold prophetic meetings. But I'm saying that's not what I've been asked to do. I've been asked to go around, make the books available, encourage the body of Christ. Now, if in the encouragement a prophetic word comes, it's not a problem. But I will not come and send you a poster saying, uh, what? Five days prophetic. No, 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 no. I will tell you what I've been asked to do. Amen. If as we are praying, a prophetic word comes, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. But we won't come and put big banner. Five days. Prophetic encounter. Hey. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. One of the things you will notice when you are sent, if you actually and really and truly accept the fact that you are sent, and even declare that you are sent, you will be surprised at the power that will come to back you. Jesus came and said he had been sent by the Father. All the power of heaven was at his disposal by admitting that he had been sent. Hallelujah. So I hope the Ankonam spirit is coming down. Yeah. It's coming down. Amen. But let us continue. Now the Bible says in verse 18, that all the people that he went to talk to began to make excuses. Hallelujah. They began to make excuses. What is interesting to me is a sentence here. And they all with one consent began to make excuses. In other words, they agreed among themselves. <laughs> now they're making an excuse. That's what I say. Oh, yeah, all night, Friday. You didn't mean go. Who will go? (laughs) 
Hey, they all with one consent began to make excuses. Hey, it is happening in our churches today. It's happening in our churches. Hmm. They had their different reasons, but they had conspired to frustrate the man of God. Yeah, some of you who are watching me so nicely, looking so calm, you have become part of something to frustrate your man of God. After tonight, you better drop it fast. Yeah, because if we were to jump to the end of this story, you will see what the master said about these men. I'm telling you that you are straight on your way to hello. I'm sorry, uh, please. It's, it's the Bible. Should we read the sentence? For I say unto you, that's verse 24, that's the last verse in the story, that none of those men which were invited will taste of my supper. That's what the master had to say. Yeah. As they conspired with one consent, they didn't know that they were exiting from the kingdom. Yeah. So be careful. When somebody comes to you, to try to frustrate, to use you to frustrate the leader. Oh, what's he saying? And I want a lady praise this enough. Brakofi, oh, and yeah, yeah, man, yeah, come. And yeah, 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 yeah. Says sister, Kosha never twang. Oh, and can't carry a banana now with it. You are conspiring. You are conspirators. The Bible says of Absalom that the conspiracy was strong. You have made Satan your helper. Yeah. They all with one consent. And it's happening in church. Together, deciding that we won't do. We won't do. Pastor says that we are going to do a crusade. Oh, amen, amen, amen. But as he says, you have planned to leave him to go alone. <laughs> it's true. And when Satan enters the church, you see, sometimes when we say such things, people are like, oh, how? Please, don't forget, oh, God the Father called his sons for a meeting and Satan came to walk around. So you can be sure that sometimes when you are in church, he comes he's not just to walk around, to sit down. And he sits by the people who conspire and he'll be whispering. When the announcement is given, I don't know crying. That's I will not do it. That's the truth. And when they are finished conspiring, then they come with the funny excuses. Oh, I bought land. I'm going to see it. It was supper time. Who goes to look for the land in the night? Don't you see the land before you buy? Is it after or before? <laughs> the other one said, Oh. I bought some oxen, some cows that I'm going to use to plow, so I'm going to check them out. Do you check them out before or after the purchase? You have bought a tractor. You have never seen the tractor before. You have bought it. Now in the night, you are going to try it. Hmm. You see, we are laughing, you know, but that's the excuse that you are giving. And you see, I've been very busy the whole week, so this Sunday morning, I'm coming to wash. You are coming to wash. 
when it's time to come to church, you're coming to wash. It's the same kind of excuse. It's the same kind of excuse. One of them said he has married a wife. Please, how many people in the house are married? Can I see by your hand? <laughs> when you got married, were you not looking for somewhere to go with your new wife or husband? You are now looking for the dinner so that everybody will be sitting at the dinner and then as they are walking, they will say, hey, Omaba, Omaba. Then people will be coming. You are rather looking for where to go. This man said he has married a wife. <laughs> so he cannot come to the dinner. You can see the excuses. And we have those excuses in the church today. Choir lady, why is it that you have come at 4 p.m. when you all agree that rehearsal is 2 o'clock? Is this same excuse, Snippy? Hey! <laughs> Are you in the church? Pastor, let me give you a nice key. If your choir will not discipline themselves to do the right thing, Suck them. S-A-C-K. Suck them. Sit down. You are a member of the church. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them. Oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Once there is life, you can restart another choir. Yeah. Yeah. We have allowed too much tomfoolery in the church. Because you will never be a good choir if you are not serious. I once had a choir like that. And when they had to about 30 something people they were giving their choir you see the choir pastor very nice lady very soft lady and they were drilling her a lady with three children drilling her she will come from two o'clock they'll make her wait till five when they come attitude hey ladies you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying you know when we arrive and we know we are late already then we arrive in our face You see, the face is so that nobody will say anything. Yeah. So they continued over and over. And I realized that this lady, she had been with me for a long time. And she had grown many choirs. And I realized that she was becoming dispirited. She was becoming discouraged. And so one day, I told her, you know something? Don't worry. We'll build another choir. That Saturday, I arrived at the meeting. And I sat down to wait. And when they had gathered, it took them about three hours. And I said, well, I just came to say thank you very much for all your services. Thank you so much for all the songs that you have sung. God bless you. It's been good having you in the choir. But as of tomorrow, find another ministry. Do something else. If you don't want to do something else, you're welcome to just be a member in the church. God bless you. Oh, uh, oh. I said, is there a problem? No problem. And I disbanded the entire choir. For a few weeks, soloists were, I just have somebody sing a solo. And then one day I got up. And I said, I am announcing the start of the 100 Voices Choir. Send your application if you are interested. And I used it to weed out all the, the, yeah, the troublesome ones. I removed all. I tell you, the choir became so popular. Oh, one of the things I used to enjoy when they were invited to a program, I'd sit down, then they'll say the hundred voices. Then people will watch as the hundred voices choir are coming. Then I'll be thinking of those people sitting there and say, oh, yeah, 
Amen. What kind of excuse is this? And you see, <laughs> I've married a wife. Yeah. When you are married, I feel that we were some nice gown be out You know, you want to dress up and go out. Oh. Amen. You don't want to cook yet, too. So if there's some good food, let's wait. <laughs> but you see, let us take it seriously because many are using excuses to delete themselves. Yes. We are using excuses to delete ourselves. Christian lady, you've had a baby. Traditionally, for three months, they are home. Some are home for five months. But as they say they are home, they are in the market. They go to every funeral. They travel. They do everything. It's only church. Only church that they don't come. Only church. Only church. Ah, don't be annoyed with me. I also had children. Eh, nah, you don't know my children. I don't know your children, but I know mine. I tell you, I had three boys. It was a very serious matter. Yeah. At a point, there was one Asha just to control my last born and some other boy being in the church. A whole Asha devoted to them because terrors. I thank God today that terror is a pastor. Oh yeah, he's a pastor. He's not just a pastor, he's a serious soul winner. And I watch, you see, God uses those things. Yeah. That young man has a very strong, you know, like, what do you say, Nakumaede. And I see God use it as he leads drug addicts to the Lord. Becomes their shepherd, they become proper. Yeah, that thing brought in a fearlessness that God uses. Hallelujah. So don't, don't give an excuse. We are giving excuses and people are going to hell with those excuses. In the church, if there's a drop of rain, it won't come to church. If I, sorry, not even a drop of rain. The, cl- the clouds just need to gather and frown. We will not, but if it was money, you would have gone. It is true. It is true. The excuses. The excuses. A lot of things in church that could have worked are not working because of the excuses that the children of God have found for the Lord. Hey, what is your excuse? You are well, you are healthy, you are strong. What is your excuse? Some of you, everything that happens, you say, oh, I don't have money. I don't have money. But you are able to do the things you want to do. When there's a funeral and they are buying the cloth, you buy some. Are you there? You know, as I tell this story, I'm reminded of a friend of mine who, very powerful woman of God, she was always praising God. Always praising God, no matter the situation. For 23 years, she had an illness. And that illness grew worse over the 23 years. What attracted me to this lady was that even in the middle of an episode of sickness, she would just be encouraging herself. You know, you and I, we learn the Psalms by verse. She learned them by chapter. And she, oh yes, she would just be quoting the chapters like that. Time passed. She's not Ghanaian, she's Nigerian. Time passed and 
she found herself and her family in another country. And one day, her doctors said to her that your lungs cannot handle it anymore. We'll have to do a transplant. So, we were here when we got a message. Pray for this lady. But you see, before, you know, you have to kill. It's not just like that that you get somebody's lungs to be using. She was housebound for six years. For six years, if she was to go out, she had a container of oxygen like this. It will last for two hours. She will use it to come to church. She will stay in church and have to escape in time before it is empty. But she came to church. You are breathing with your normal lungs, but you have a problem coming to church. Well, she had the operation. Some young man died somewhere and they found a pair of lungs that worked. And they put them in. And I remember that we were waiting to hear, has the operation been successful or not? Waiting, 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 no news was coming. For 40 days, she was in a medically induced coma. When she came out of the coma, they told her, everything is perfect. The lungs are working perfectly. Only we had a small problem. When we put things together again, blood flow to your legs was not restored. And blood flow to your hands were not restored. Prayer from her church began. And the blood flow to the hands were restored. And gradually the hands came back to normal. But the legs were cut off from below the knee. She went into the operating room hole. She came out minus two legs. What would you have done? I'm sure you might have decided my life is over. Well, I'm very happy to tell you that after a time of adjusting herself for a little while, I was wondering what is happening with my sense. How come I'm not hearing anything? She used to reach out by writing sermons and writing encouraging things and sending them out. And for a long time, my email was quiet. But one day, I came and I opened my laptop and there was a message in red, I am back. With her legs cut off, <clears throat> she acquired two prosthetic legs. I'm happy to tell you that she's flying around the world, preaching church to church, testifying of Jesus Christ. She has won more people to the Lord minus the two legs than she did when she had them. What is your excuse? What is your excuse? Are you there? Your excuses are too many. She has a lot of excuses. She can say, I don't have legs. If I don't have legs, I can't move. She can say, you see, you don't know what it means to not, to not have legs. I, you know, <laughs> I was going out with her one day. She comes here to Ghana. She came to visit me. And she said, hey, where is my cane? And I said, why do you need the cane? Then she laughed. And she said, when you are working on prosthetic legs, you can't feel. If somebody bumps into you, you will fall. You actually fall. You don't have the balance. Are you there? So the cane makes people see that something, they don't know what, something is up. So you don't, with, with the cane, she is moving around, preaching. But you, to move from your house to your church regularly is a problem. Hey, hmm. are you there? Let me continue. I'm giving you that one as food for thought. Because if she can preach, then you can preach. If she can share the gospel, then you can share the gospel. Hallelujah. 
Amen. What is your excuse? Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. Look at a very serious verse. And this was spoken by Jesus. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and friend and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. This scripture appears to contradict other scriptures which say, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and your mother. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives. It seems to contradict it. But it is not a contradiction. It is just telling you that in your pursuit of God and in trying to serve God, a day will come when in order to stand with Jesus, you will end up standing against somebody close to you. In other words, you cannot even come and say, my wife does not agree or my husband does not agree. Jesus doesn't buy it. Jesus doesn't buy it. As an excuse, he doesn't buy it. Rather, if you ask him for wisdom, how to maneuver, he will give that one to you. Amen. Instead of an excuse, ask him, Lord, how do I maneuver? Amen. Let us continue reading. So, the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Have you seen that? Look at Master's response to the excuses. He was angry. Could it be that some of the things you have been talking to God about, he is not minding you because he is not happy with your excuses? Then the master of the house being angry said to the servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the main, the halt, and the blind. Now, I want to say something to you tonight. If you find yourself in the kind of place where you are dealing with people who are refusing to, 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 to I don't even know what to say. They are refusing to do. The master has shown us what to do. He turned away. He turned away. And he went to another group of people. Yeah. There is a time and a place to say enough is enough. The people in church love them, care for them, watch over them, draw them together. But when they keep on resisting and resisting, don't stay there. Move on. Yeah, move on. If you don't move on, what will happen is that all your energy will be spent on what is not profitable. You see that the master did not send the servant back to those people again. He didn't say, go and tell that man, we don't look at land in the night. Go and tell that one, we don't try oxen in the night. He just said, look, let's go and do something else. Too much time and too much energy is spent trying to get people who have no plans of changing to move. Oh, but pastor, are we not supposed to love them? Hey, he said, ask yourself, or not more than yourself. Because this story is being told us by Jesus. Hallelujah. Quit trying to pacify those who will not be pacified. Move on. There are other people waiting to see you. Waiting for you. Hallelujah. Now, from verse 21 to verse 23, I want to share this part of it. I call it how to fill your church. 
or the art of gathering or how to build up your church. That is what has been shared with us so beautifully in these few scriptures. Let's go to verse 21. Luke 14, 21. The servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. I want to submit to you that in this simple sentence, Jesus has given us a master plan to build your church. Let me show you just three steps or so. The first step, go. 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 That's the first step. Go. Hallelujah. Each of us has somewhere to go. For some of us, it is go back to the street where your house is and talk about Jesus. For somebody, is go next. The go means next door. For someone, the go is go to the people who are in your office. For someone, the go is go to the next town. For somebody, the go is go to another nation. But whatever you do, don't continue sitting there doing nothing. Are you in the house? Yeah. It is the disobeying of this commandment that has caused churches to become empty. Go. It was an instruction to the servant and it is Jesus' instruction to us. That was why I started by reading Matthew 28, 18. Go. Go. When was the last time you personally went out? For some of us, it's only when church organizes something. And even that, we don't take part properly. But he was saying something to us. Go. Hallelujah. Hey, the way you are quiet is very serious. The Lord will help you. <laughs> Amen. Pastor, there are some people that maybe you should have released them to go. You should have released them to go. Go and be a cell leader. Go and start another branch. Go and do something. Amen. Go and do something. Many of the people who are disturbing in the church are disturbing because they are bored. They don't have much doing. Hey. The best way to handle that troublesome young man who thinks that he's more anointed than you? Please just carve a portion of breakum for him. Tell him he should just, just go and go and start over there. Just go and start. <laughs> when he goes to start and he realizes that, hey! <laughs> when he realizes that to gather five human beings, just five, to sit down and listen to you, that it's not simple. He'll come back. <laughs> Are you in the house? It is one of the most corrective. The person will just correct. He'll just, yeah, yeah. He will just sober up. They come and say, What should I do? All the trouble is over. All the trouble is over. He suddenly realizes that, Son. <laughs> Amen. Choir leader, that young girl who is disturbing your life, she'll come late, she has polished her face, she's undermining your authority, and then she comes late and crutch her, crutch her, crutch her. No problem. Announce at the end of the service. 
that I am trying to grow the choir. Next week, everybody come with two people. I promise you, she will not appear. <laughs> she will suddenly discover that crochia, crochia, we can't use it to call people. Yeah. Go and bring somebody. Hey, obey your sober, make her Obey your sober, trust me. Yeah. And those who are looking for work, they will do it. And they'll bring somebody. And then you help them to begin to disciple that person. Hallelujah. Go. Jesus said go. This lack of going has really troubled us in the church. Yeah. We need to go. Because there are people. Now look at something. When he said go, then he added something. He said go quickly. Go quickly. The second instruction is that what you are going to do, do it fast. Do it fast. Sometimes you are thinking too much, planning too much, training too much. Send them, let them go. Do the on-the-job training. After service, come back and tell us what happened. They will now tell you what to do next. Yeah. Sometimes you spend so long training that the people just become down. Send the person. Hey. Are you in the church? Yeah. It's a very good uh, <laughs> cure of diseases in the church. Go out quickly. Quickly. When somebody arrives in the church, the person has become a church member. Give them a couple of months. So that you should start witnessing and bringing people in. Do it and do it quickly. Hallelujah. Go and find another field quickly. Then he gives us a third point. So first, go. Turn to your neighbor and say, go. Ask your neighbor, where will you be going this Saturday? You must go. Just start to think about it. And we are saying Saturday because Saturday, you will tell me you are working tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, everybody, you are going to do something. This Sunday, you cannot appear as you have been appearing in your church. Somebody must be following you. One person, two people, three people. Oh, yeah, they must be following you. Yeah. And you will be amazed that they are actually waiting for an invitation. They are waiting. Amen. I'm reminded of a young lady who is in my church today. I went for a program. She was a student at the time in the Upper West. And <laughs> she later told a story. She said that the church that I was going to preach in had sent people out and they were inviting people. And she's, she's as tall as I am. And she's, you know, and she can talk. She said they were inviting everybody. Nobody invited her. And she was just waiting. She said on the morning when I was supposed to come for the program in the evening, somebody even came to her room and spoke to other people. She said she actually got up and brushed against the person as she was going out. Hoping that the person will say that, oh, but you, will you not come some? Yeah. Yeah. So even though she appeared so confident in her life, she was actually just longing that somebody would say something. They didn't say anything until evening came. And then the bus came, people began to go in the bus. And then she saw a young man who she knew from her class. Said, ah, so you will not invite me? And the person said, oh, but you are invited, you are invited. And that's how she came to the meeting. And that's how she joined the church that she's in up to today. She's in it. Are you here or you have traveled? 
That's your neighbor who is spitting fire every day, causing trouble next door. She's waiting for an invitation from you. Let's go to church. Come, I need to tell you about Jesus. You see, when you just go and invite and you do not talk about Jesus, it doesn't really work. You have to share about Jesus. Because when you, you share Jesus and the person gives their life to Christ, the person has seen that you have taught something. And so now you have the right to take them somewhere. Hallelujah. But that is a message for another day. Go. Go quickly. And the part I like here is that he says, and bring them. Bring them. Many times we go expecting them to follow. You want to fill your church. The master says, bring them. The person you spoke to on Saturday, the one you went to witness to on Saturday, go back there on Sunday morning and bring the person. Oh, I don't have a car. Did I mention car? However you come to church, that's how you are coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now, <laughs> bring them in. The church is empty because you have not brought somebody in. And when it says bring, it means bring. Go there and bring the person in. Amen. Now, then he begins to talk about something. And he says, bring in the poor. Bring in the maimed. Bring in the halt. Bring in the, the blind. This is, I can relate it to two things. First of all, I can see it relating to bring in some people who are not like you. Who are not like you. You see, this master must have been a rich man who was preparing a great supper. And you can see that all the people who he invited were like him. That's why they have gone to buy land, gone to buy oxen, gone to buy something. He now went to, sent to a place where the people were not like him. Hallelujah. And that is one of the greatest keys for church growth. Go in and bring somebody who is not like you. What does that mean? You are old. Bring in somebody who is young. You are working. Bring in somebody who is not working. Are you, are you with me? Bring in somebody different from yourself. You will be surprised at the harvest that you will have in that place. You'll be surprised. Do you have only people from one tribe? Then go and bring in those from the other tribe. Do you have people who are only a certain type? Go and bring in the other type. Hallelujah. So that is one interpretation that I can think of for this part of the story. But I can also think of another explanation. All these things that have been spoken about, people who are maimed, people who are halt, to halt means you are limping, people who are blind. This speaks to me of people who are around in the world and who are in need. And around us there are people with all kinds of need. Not only financial needs, because sometimes that's all we think about. There are people over there whose lives are destroyed. They are blind. They can't see their way clear anymore. Just stumbling around in life, hoping that somebody will call them and direct them somewhere where they can get some help. People who are limping, something has hurt them. And they are limping. All of them need Jesus. One of the things that we see so much nowadays, you have so many young people trying to commit suicide. 
It's something that has gone wrong somewhere. It didn't used to be like that. And Ghana used to be hard still. But people were not just telling themselves. Something has just twisted somehow. And they need Jesus. Are you with me tonight? Hello, are you there? The way you're quiet, I'm not sure whether you are there or... But what I'm trying to say is that there are people who are in need. One of the most amazing things in life is that you would think that those who are in need, you know when you see somebody who doesn't have, who is poor, you see the need and you think that those are the only people who need Jesus. But you'll be amazed that that person who sits by you at work, who rather looks so contained and confident, that person rather is totally broken up inside and waiting to hear about Jesus. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Go out, go quickly, bring them in, people who are not like yourself. In 2010, I was transferred, in fact, my husband was transferred from Tamale to Kumasi. And well, as far as I'm concerned, if you transfer my husband, you have transferred me too. So I also added myself. <laughs> when I got to Kumasi, I was, because my husband and I, we pastor different, different um, churches, I was given a church of 26 people and the first message I got before I got there was that we don't want a female pastor well there's nothing I can do I've been sent there so I went and for three years I tried to pastor that congregation it was one battle after the another after Some people stayed, a few stayed, but many left. And I would go and we would visit and we would go and we would visit until one day, one day, it was enough. And on that day that it was enough, I came to talk with my few leaders and I said, this is it. We are never going back, not one more visit to where we have gone. We are not going to look for them. We're not going to do anything. Can you see that around us are hostels? These hostels have students. We had not reached out to them at all. Because I used to feel that, well, students will close and go home. But this is a permanent church. But well, if the adults don't like us, let's go and look for children. I am a pastor of children up till now. I am the oldest person in my church. Okay, there's one older, two older ladies. But everybody in the church is between the ages of 22, 20, 18, 19. Another group different from myself. Because those who were like me didn't want to come. But with them rather, I found something exciting. With them rather, the church grew. With them rather, the church grew and filled itself. We have expanded the church and it has filled itself again. I wonder what would have happened to me if I had persisted with the group that had said, we don't like you. And as I'm speaking, there's somebody here, you have struggled with the same people. Let go. Let's go. Same group of ashes. Every day you are chasing, you know something. Don't call them again. Don't call them again. Just come to the church. When you come to church, God will open your eye. You will see some other ashes there. Yeah, you see some people you never knew they could be ashes. 
But now that you have let go the other people, suddenly you see a certain group over there. My time is moving. But let us, hallelujah. Are you blessed? Your church will be full. If you just, yeah, it will be full. As soon as I was able to climb over that hill, a student is also a person. A student will also grow. Now as time has gone, I see that more and more of them are finishing, working, and so forth. Hallelujah. The servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. This sentence shows us something. Verse 22, verse 23. The last part of verse 23, he says, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. God does not want his church to be empty. And when our churches are empty, we are out of the will of God. But I'm happy to announce to you that it is the Lord who shares with us in 1 John that when you pray according to his will, you have it. Here, his will is clear. My church, my building, my house should be full. Hallelujah. So, the servant said, there's still space. Then the Lord said to him, Go out into the highways and hedges. Now, what is he saying? He says, go even further. Go even further. Some of you, you have done the outreach, but you have done it just in the area where you are. Especially if you have other branches of your church in the town. And then you feel that, oh, this other branch, please, what's another area of Berkum? Like, I mean, this looks like a central part in town. Uh-huh. So you have another one and you feel that, oh, because there's another branch there, I can't go there. Don't make that mistake. There is somebody there who will not go to the branch. Human beings, I want to use the ladies and hairdressers as an example. How many of us go to the hairdresser in our house? Yeah, we don't. Where my church and my office is. So for, I pass no less than eight hairdressers to where my hairdresser is. All the, I can walk to them, but I have to catch, a, well, either drive or get a Uber to take me to mine. I pass all of them. When you ask why, do you know I don't know? <laughs> because one or two of them are even my friends. There's one when I just exit from my church. That's her shop. We're always talking, chatting, but I don't know. Then other people who are where my hairdresser is, you know, they come from there. A church is exactly like that. You will find out that sometimes the people who are around, they don't want to come to this branch near them. They want to cross town. So you two cross town and go and look for yours. The hedges, the highways, the byways, another distance away from where you are, you will see how they'll be running to come into your church. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. But now we are getting to, please, at this point, don't be sleepy because we are now getting to the, the crux of the matter. Yeah. The centerpiece of this whole teaching. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That word compel is the Greek word anakazo. Why has Bishop Dad chosen to use the Greek word? Because in the Greek, it has 
far more meanings than just to compel. Are you with me? Do you know some words in your language that mean more than one thing? For instance, uh-huh, I was going to ask if there are any guns in the house. And then I realized that my own friend is a gun. I want to use, I speak gun, so I want to use a gun example. He's laughing, he's thinking about this one. I need another gun. Please, is there any other guy in the room? All the guns have got underground. <laughs> I just wanted to use that word as a demonstration. Oh, another gun. Oh, the girls have not been traveling to Rekuminar. Because what I've given him is a sentence which is basically made up of one word. <laughs> He's still thinking. <laughs> or you can't see that it's the same word. Just pronounced. Your mother cannot hate you. It means your mother cannot hate you. So the same word. Nye, you, nye, mother, nye, can't, nye, you, and nye, hate. <laughs> what am I saying? The same word, anakazo. In the English, we don't have one word with all the meanings. So they chose just one of the meanings to compel. But it also means to force. It also means to threaten. It also means to entreat. It means to necessitate. So it has far more meanings in there. In other words, do what you have to do to bring them in. Do what you have to do to bring them in. Hallelujah. This morning I was talking about the fact that some of our methods, or was it yesterday, of, of evangelism, it, it's not working anymore. It's not working anymore. And I want to believe God that he will give you an idea that will make your evangelism reach the people that you are trying to reach. Hallelujah. And I'm reading for you from the book an example that Bishop Dag gave us. He says, I recall when many young people were unwilling to come to church. The young men especially made all sorts of excuses. The spirit of an akazo rose up in me. You see, it's a spirit to compel, to force. You get some energy and some strength. And I said, if they will not come to church, let us have parties for them. We organized a party for the young people in one area of the city. We made invitation cards and distributed them to the youth in the community. They were very happy and said to themselves, this is another opportunity to jam. I remember that evening in particular, we played upbeat Christian music and danced with unbelievers. One of them told me later that he was wondering why they were not being served with some beer. <laughs> At a point in the party, we switched to slower music and stated that we had an announcement to make. By that time, many of the hardened unbelievers were sitting around. To their surprise, I got up and preached the gospel to them. They were surprised, but they still gave their lives to Christ. Many of them were born again that night. I have pastors in the church who were saved during some of these surprise evangelistic parties. Hallelujah. 
Amen. The Bible says, by all means, save some. Amen. So this is just an example. I pray that God will give you ideas, ideas that will work to compel them to come in. A few years ago, about two years ago, I was invited to a program in a nurse's training college. They had just recently had a change of headmistress and the headmistress who was now in place was an on fire born again believer. And when she came there, she realized that many of her students were not born again and she wanted something, a program or an opportunity to lead them to Christ. So when I was invited to go, I said, wow, because I knew that place well. We had a branch there. And I said, if I go to the campus, what will happen is that the Christians will come. The unbelievers will not come. Well, First Love Church is a church of young people. Most of our tertiary organizations have a First Love Church. So, instead of just going, usually if you are going to go to a program like that, you will take a minstrel with you, somebody to sing. Instead of doing that, I spoke to the drama team. I said, put together a drama. Then, I spoke to the dancers. We have dancers in the church. Not polite Christian dancing, no. They were all, many of them were street dancers before they gave their lives to Christ. And so, they do street dancing to Christian music. And I went to them and I said, I need you to go with me to this program. So, when the day came, I put them in the buses and they went. Just as I thought, the Christians had gathered in the hall. So, while they were singing praise and worship, some of the lead others who went with me were going around the hostel calling people out. They did not come until they heard a certain kind of music. They said, where is that music coming from? They said, hey, there are some people who are dancing in the church. Oh, and I saw them running, 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 and they ran and entered the place. After the dancers had danced for some time. Then the uh, drama people came and did this. They sat throughout. And then I shared a short, you see, the drama itself was a message. And I preached a short message. Come and see these hardened ones giving their lives to Christ. A few months later, three, four months later, it was holiday time, and I got a call. Do you know that we have lost a student from that school. I said, really? I don't know, and I don't know the person. Then the person who called me sent me a picture. There in the altar call of that night was a young man, and she had drawn an arrow. said, this guy just died tonight. I thank God. You see, when I was going, I said, hey, the religious Christians, they will insult us. Hey, you have come with dancers. Must say. You are sports. You are worldly Christians. There's no Holy Ghost in you. My backsliding. Do Christians that you know? I could hear all the accusations, but I thank God that I didn't allow my mind to go there. May God give you ideas that will work for you. Hallelujah! Ideas to be able to that will draw. You see that that the compelling that the, it is it is something. Yeah, it's something that will draw people even when they don't want to come. That is my prayer for you. 
Because as these things happened, as these things happened, we saw that young people who would never have gone to church became and gave their lives to Christ. Hallelujah. God will give you ideas. I don't know what will work in your particular situation, but the Holy Ghost knows. And the Bible says that, where he says, compel them to come in. Force them. Threaten them. Whatever it is that he asks you to say, that my house may be filled. My prayer is that the Lord will give fresh ideas, fresh enthusiasm. As you can see, these kind of things cannot come when you are tired of God. But rather, let him stir up your spirit so that you ask him, choir leader, ask, Lord, what can I do? How will I be able to get? You, know, you may be surprised that just gathering them together and eating together may be all you need to do. And the people start to flow again. But whatever it is, may God give you that idea that your church may be full. I want to prophesy to you that the churches will be full. And when they are filled, you will have multiple services because the house is full. It is full and it is full again. May God fill the churches. In May he fill them. May he give you fresh, exciting ideas. When pastors meet, let them be exchanging the latest idea that God has given that has worked in their midst. And I believe that there will be a harvest like none other. In Jesus' name, shall we bow down our heads and pray. Tonight, I want you to just pray for your church or your cell group or your ministry Whatever it is that you do in church, just begin to pray. If you don't do anything special, pray for your church that it will be full. That people will come in. That the church will be full. Ask God for fresh ideas. Ask God for a fresh anointing. Ask him for help tonight. Lift up your voice and pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us about Anakazu. Thank you for showing us, for showing your servant what has helped us. Let ideas begin to flow. Let ideas begin to flow. Let ideas, when pastors lie down, lie down to sleep, let dreams come into their mind of what next to do in the name of Jesus. Leaders of ministries, leaders of your people, anyone leading one person, two people, five people, ten people, Father, give them ideas, fresh ideas, fresh from your spirit. Help us to, do, to have new ways of doing old things that we will draw people into your house, that the house may be full, that the house may be full, that the house may be full. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. The Lord is giving you a new idea. The Lord is giving you new strength tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, make abrasanda Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Tonight, I want you to pray for fresh oil. I sense in my spirit that some people are just tired. You're just tired. Maybe you've been doing struggling, struggling over the same thing for so long. 
or maybe it's just a physical tiredness because you're trying to combine your secular work with your work in church. But whatever it is tonight, I want you to just ask God for a fresh infilling of the Spirit, that he will fill you up with his Spirit, that energy from on high will enter you in the name of Jesus. The Lord is touching some people tonight and refreshing some tonight. Just receive it now in the name of Jesus. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. Somebody, it will begin to burn in your belly. It will begin to burn in your belly. That's the stirring of the Holy Ghost. Allow him to stir, to stir something within you now. In the name of Jesus. A fresh wind, a fresh wind. A fresh wind, a fresh wind. Oh yes, that wind is circulating around somebody right now. You want to receive it. You want to receive it. You want to receive it. Somebody was so discouraged. You are about to go and tell your pastor, I want to stop this particular thing that I'm doing. But an injection of energy, spiritual energy, is entering into you right now. Receive it. Receive it where you are standing. Receive it where you are sitting. Receive it now. Receive it now just open your mouth and speak in tongues tonight just open your mouth and talk to the lord tonight those who are fighting against you i see the lord scattering them tonight i see the opposition scattered tonight i see the ministering spirits strengthening you Receive that strength. Receive that strength. Receive that strength. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. An impartation of spiritual strength. Makababa soketaya. Rima sandala baba shodi. Imatokaba. Oh, somebody, you've been saying that. I wonder if I am called. The Lord says, I've heard you. You are called. You, 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 you are called. You are called. Never doubt that call. Never doubt it. Stretch out tonight and he will touch you. He will touch you in your inner man. A fire is burning again. Somebody used to be on fire. So much fire. The fire has gone down. But tonight, it is being fanned by the wind of the Holy Ghost. And that fire is catching again. It's catching again. It's catching again. It's catching again. It's catching again. Oh, my sister, you used to wake up to pray. You love to pray. But now you have weakened because of disappointment. Receive a fresh fire. Receive a fresh fire. Receive a fresh call. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Rima Sandalabatone. Ikama Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. There's a young man here. You used to believe that you were called to be an evangelist. It's been so hard. That fire is almost gone down. If you don't mind, come, I'd like to pray with you. That the evangelistic stirrings submitted to your pastor, it will come up again. So if you don't mind, come to me, I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Shama Sunday. Father, just confirm it to him. I pray that that fire will come upon him. Receive it again. Receive it again. Receive it again. Receive it again. 
you will speak to many. They will know Jesus because of you. Receive it. It is a fire in your belly. Receive that fire now in Jesus' name. Receive it now. Just bring him to me. Let me continue to pray. Jesus. Father, let that fire burn again. Place a coal in his mouth. Let him preach, oh God, the pure gospel. And let multitudes know you. Yes. Oh yes. Stir him up again, oh God. Stir him up. Stir him up. Stir him up. In the name of Jesus. There are two sisters here. You used to intercede. You used to wake up and pray. But it's been a long time. And you've been saying, maybe I wasn't an intercessor after all. If that is you, come. I want to pray with you. In this end time, your pastor needs you. Not to give him orders. But to pray. To pray. To pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's one other person. I think it's also a lady. Father, if it is her, confirm it to her. Let that fire pour down on her now. Let it drop down on her now. I see the stirrings in the spirit. I see the stirrings in the spirit. I see the stirrings in the spirit. Let it pour. Let it pour. Let it pour. Let it pour even now. Let it pour even now. In the name of Jesus. Your ears are open again. Your ears are open again. Your eyes are seeing again. In the name of Jesus. The Lord says that a spirit of humility to walk with him. That is what you need. Don't be uplifted because he's sharing things with you and showing you things. It is a point of service. Your pastor needs that undergirding of prayer. My sister, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Let your ears be open. Let it 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 be open. The things you used to hear, it was like it's not clear. It will be so clear. Ah, it will be so clear. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Just lift up your two hands. There's a rain coming upon Brekum. There's a rain coming upon the churches here represented. Coming upon those associated with you, your friends. They may not even be here, but it's a rain. The rain of the Spirit. The rain of the Spirit. The rain of the Spirit. It's falling now. It's falling now. And it's bringing drops of refreshing. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Receive it now. It's the pouring of the Spirit. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Receive it now. Man of God, drop the weariness. Don't be tired. Receive a fresh anointing. Receive it now. Receive it. Oh yes, refreshing drops. Like the drops that come at the end of the hot season. They bring refreshing. Somebody, you are being refreshed right now. Receive it. Receive it into your spirits. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you will find an excitement within you. You cannot wait to see what God will do. Receive it. Receive it. Somebody, you went to pray for someone and what you asked for didn't come, didn't happen. And you have been disappointed. Tonight, shake off the disappointment. Let a fresh rain come upon you. Believe God again. Pray for somebody again. It will work by the grace of God. Pray again. Go back again. Pray again. Pray for another sick person again. Yes, that one died, but this other one will be healed. Just let your faith be stirred tonight. Father, I speak large churches in this town. The, the, the spirit of smallness is broken in Jesus.
Jesus' name. It is broken. It is shattered in Jesus' name. The branches will work in the name of Jesus. The congregations will expand in the name of Jesus. Those who don't have meeting places, Father, right now, we call forth good meeting places for them in the name of Jesus. Those who are unable to pay for that place, Father, right now, we agree money has been placed and they can pay, oh God, that the church will have a house. You will have houses in this town in the name of Jesus. We stand together and we break every bondage of unbelief the things that have been standing, those demons confronting your men of God, we agree tonight that their hold is broken over the city in Jesus' name. And the churches are released to grow, to grow. I see them growing. I see crowds gathering. I see people walking. I see some running. I see some driving. I see some, they're just coming in. So yes, I see them. I see them. I see them. Church of God, prepare. Prepare, prepare, prepare for the harvest. Do not let the machinations of the enemy be something that occupy you. For my harvest is on its way and you are not ready. Place yourself. Get ready for that harvest. Get ready for the harvest. Get ready for the harvest. Prepare your house. Prepare your bands. Prepare your seat. Ensure that the harvest can be brought in. Open your mouth. I will fill it and you will know that I am the Lord. Father, I give you praise. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we have to see and we know that what you have said shall come to pass. Give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Dr. Joy Felipe Bruce, and on Instagram and Twitter at Ethel God richly bless you.